Court is now in session. I strongly dissent from today's opinion. And time is flying by. <laughs> it's taken me virtually 60 years to understand who I am. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Tuesday, March 9th. We're counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Maya Bialik has heard those pleas for a Blossom revival, and she tells EW exclusively that she's trying. The star of the 90s sitcom, which became available to stream Monday on Hulu, says she and series creator Don Rio have, quote, a well-formed idea for a limited series reboot, but adds they've had a lot of trouble getting our network on board. To which I say, Whoa! Whoa, indeed, Joey. Actress Brandy has signed on to star in and create original music for ABC's hip-hop drama pilot, Queens. Created by Scandal and Stumptown vet Zahir McGee, the show centers on four women in their 40s who reunite and try to reclaim the fame they once had as the 90s group Nasty Bitches. Brandy will play group member Naomi, who was better known by the stage name Explicit Lyrics. But this is on ABC, so don't expect any of those. Despite being renewed for seasons 5 and 6, the Korean family comedy Kim's Convenience, a CBC series which you can stream on Netflix, will be coming to an end with its fifth season, which is currently airing on the CBC. USA Network has announced that the upcoming fifth season of the crime drama Queen of the South will be its last. Season four ended on a huge cliffhanger. Tune in April 7th to see how that plays out. And from one queen to another, after picking up wins at the Golden Globes and Critics' Choice Awards, and with Emmy's love likely on the way, a stage musical adaptation of The Queen's Gambit is now in development. So get ready for Beth Harmon to sing her way through those genius chess moves. For more on those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and much more, head over to EW.com. And now let's get into today's picks. The final work from the late great filmmaker Michael Apted is finally available stateside today as the documentary 63 Up arrives on BritBox. The film is the latest installment in Apted's long-running Up series, which has chucked in with the same group of people every seven years since they were seven years old. Now approaching retirement age, those same individuals are more reflective than ever, but still full of hopes for the future. Here's a preview. In 1964, Granada Television brought together a group of seven-year-olds. We have followed their lives every seven years, their dreams, ambitions, and fears for the future. Seven years older, seven years fatter, a bit less hair. You look at me at seven, and you look at me even now at 63. It's flown by, Michael. It's a lifelong achievement to be part of this program. Once you get to your 60s, it all gets a bit, oh, how long have we got now? <laughs> I certainly don't look forward to it every seven years. I suppose as you get a bit older, you've got less to lose. All these things that I've said over the years, yes, it has been worth it. And you better cut it, because otherwise I'm going to cry. EW critic Leah Greenblatt joins me now to discuss what's up with 63 Up. How are you, Leah? Hello. Well, I'm so glad you're here to talk about this because there, there's a, a lot to talk about. But specifically, I'd love you to to d describe a bit more in detail the concept here, who it follows, and, and what really this is all about. 
You know, I like to think of this series as sort of the OG of reality sort of programming. I think, I mean, obviously it's also just documentary, but it, it, it gives you that kind of the thrill of the personal in a way that kind of, to me, presaged the real world and all every other basically kind of reality programming. Yeah. An American Family on PBS? Yes. Yes, The Loud Family, totally, absolutely. Basically, it started as a BBC program that had ambitions to do this, but had no idea, I think, that it would go this far. It started as a program called 7-Up that took 14 seven-year-old kids, you know, um, mostly in and around uh, London. Some, A couple of them were kids a little further out, a little more rural. But the idea was that it was about the British class system, so it wanted to see... If, you know, I think that the the phrase that they always jump off of, show me the child at seven and I will show you the the man, basically, who who they'll become. And every seven years, they've checked back in since 1964 on these 14 kids, give or take, you know, some losses, uh, kids who, who there've been people at this point, of course, who've passed away, but also people who are just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Right, right. Yeah. Quite ambitious in many ways. Um, as the uh, as the years have gone on and, and the various um, documentaries have come out, is there any moment that really kind of stands out to you? Oh, man. I Just watching the most recent one, 63 Up Again, I forgot how much I had invested in, in some of these. I almost said characters, which is crazy. They're people. <laughs> They're real people. And that is the draw of these movies, you get these seven-year-olds who are who are so open and so honest and so innocent, and they ask them about their hopes and dreams and whether they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend and and what they want to be when they grow up, whether they want their own children. And the way that it's edited, it's it's a pretty traditional show. It, it doesn't use a ton of crazy editing or whatever, but what it has is this huge amount of history. And and in a way, it's almost like. Um, the, you know, the Richard Linklater movie Boyhood, I think, obviously owes a huge debt to this because it's just the novelty of seeing someone at seven, at 14, at 21, at 28, at 35, and you see sort of how what people predicted from themselves comes to be or doesn't. And some of it is really heartbreaking and some of it is is surprisingly sort of um, worked out better than you thought it would. But if you've watched these movies over the years, you you feel like you're checking in with old friends, really. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what's so lovely about it. And that's that kind of brings me to Michael Apted as a director. He he put so much TLC into all of this, don't you think? It, it just really is a reflection of him as a person, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, of course... Um, he we lost him in January. He passed away at a ripe age. He said he hoped to do this until he was 99. But he he didn't actually direct Seven Up. He didn't direct the first mm-hmm. one, but he worked on the first one. He was kind of too young to be the director at that point. So he's been there steadily along the way. And you'll see as you watch. And of course, we should also mention Michael Apted doesn't just make documentaries. He right. directed Coal Miner's Daughter, Girl Is in the Mist. He did a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. He did um, The World Is Not Enough. But You'll see in these movies that all of this, all of the subjects, the kids, as they grow up, they have this intimacy with him and this familiarity. They call him Michael. You can hear his voice on camera and he'll be like, remember when you said this? Remember when you wanted this? Um, how did that work out for you? How do you feel about this? And a lot of these kids have super conflicted feelings about doing uh, you know, continuing to do these because they, it's painful and, and some of them have been criticized for their political stances or the things they've done or haven't done. But you can tell that there's this trust and I think 
that's the trust of a lifetime. That's decades of work and care that he put into these kids that he's known since they were so small. So there's kind of nothing like it. And I don't know if there ever will be again, really. Yeah. Yeah. And that trust definitely shows on screen and in the storytelling. Yeah. And I should say, you don't need any entry point for 63 up because it, it kind of summarizes everything from seven up on. So you can come into it cold and it's still such a great movie. BritBox, there are a lot of fantastic British series on there. If you are looking for a reason to really buy in and, and uh, you know, pay the money for this streamer, this is a very good reason to do it. 63 Up is available now on BritBox. Thanks so much, Leah. Thank you. Number two. We are celebrating the life of another late great with our number two pick, Ruth, Justice Ginsburg in her own words. This new documentary is another look at the life of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg following her battles with social and legal obstacles to rise to the country's highest court. The film covers Ginsburg's struggle to find a job after law school despite her stellar academic performance and how she overcame deep-seated sexism to become a revered justice who advocated for gender equality during her tenure. Featuring intimate interviews and rare footage, the doc is designed as an immersive experience through the direct words of RBG as a professor, advocate, judge, and justice. Here's a preview. I suspected that the door was closed because of my sex. In those days, I had three strikes against me. One is I was Jewish, another, I was a woman, and then the one that I think really did me in was I had a four-year-old daughter. It was not a single law firm in the whole city of New York that would invite me to come even for an interview. Ruth spent the next 10 years just blasting the door open. Men have got to become accustomed to taking commands from women. What is going on that she has become this cult figure now? She just is who she is. She's very confident, very aware of herself. I did very well. It was not possible to do much better. This is what you would like the American people to think. It's a touching and fitting tribute to an American icon. Ruth Justice Ginsburg, in her own words, is now available on VOD and streaming on Stars. It's trivia time. Felicity Jones received acclaim for her performance as Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the 2018 biopic On the Basis of Sex. But what Oscar-winning actress was originally attached to play the justice? Kate Winslet, Natalie Portman, or Rachel Weisz? Stick around for the answer. What to Watch will be back after this quick break. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. And now we are taking the stand for our number one pick, 
Delilah, a new legal drama from Greenleaf creator Craig Wright. This series on Oprah Winfrey's own stars Mara Hill as Delilah Connolly, a headstrong, highly principled lawyer seeking justice for those who need it most. She's doing her best to raise two kids alone and balance her career with her family, friends, and faith. And needless to say, it's not easy. But things get even more complicated when a new case puts her on the opposing side of her best friend Tamara, played by girlfriend's Jill Marie Jones. Now, more than just the outcome of the case is on the line. Delilah's closest friendship and both of their lives are at stake, too. What advice do you have for a young black lawyer? If you're doing it for the money, do it for the money. For me, it's all and only about the people. D, I know you. Leah Davis is a magnet for trouble. Promise you won't take her case. I'm putting quotes on case. You are so bad. Leah, you want to tell me what's going on? I tried to do the right thing at work. Got myself into a mess of trouble. I need your help. Dee, we've made it 20 years without going up against each other in court. Let's not do it now. Ooh, things are gonna get heated on this one. At the very least, Delilah will keep you occupied until Wright's Greenleaf spinoff gets going. But it just might become your next obsession. You've been warned. You can catch the premiere and decide for yourself tonight at 9 on OWN. Before we go, Delilah star Jill Marie Jones recently spoke to EW, and she answered the question, what you watching? Well, I can tell you what I just finished. Um, Bridgerton, um, shout out to Shonda Rhimes. I'm a huge fan of that particular genre and I never really see, well, not even rarely see me, I never see me in shows or period pieces like that. And that was just so beautiful to be able to see such a diverse cast. Yeah, I loved it so much. I'm really contemplating watching it again. I seriously, like, maybe like uh, two nights ago, I was thinking, is it too soon to watch it again? That's, that's, that's honest, by the way. That's not even... <laughs> I'm so bad, but it's so good. No shame there. And she definitely wouldn't be the only one to watch it more than once. If you want to watch it for the first time, you can catch Bridgerton on Netflix. And lastly today... The answer to today's trivia question. What Oscar-winning actress was originally attached to star as Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the 2018 biopic On the Basis of Sex before she was eventually played by Felicity Jones? Kate Winslet, Natalie Portman, or Rachel Weisz? That would be Jones's fellow actress from the Star Wars universe, Natalie Portman. The Black Swan Oscar winner was originally cast in the movie directed by Mimi Leader. That is our show for today. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow. Be sure to rate and review the show, and of course, follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm senior TV editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW, and I'm at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal and Carly Usden.